Hi there, you are listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast, where we talk about being unstoppable in your business, brand, and life. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and as an entrepreneur, law firm owner, and course creator, I understand what it takes to get to the next level. Through scaling my law firm, making tons of mistakes along the way, and celebrating loads of success, I love to share my secret sauce, tips and strategies on how you too can become unstoppable. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Being Unstoppable podcast. I am your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I'm super glad that you are tuning in today. I don't know where you are, what you're doing, but I hope that you are having a fabulous day, whether you're out on your walk or listening to the podcast while you're getting ready for work, which is exactly what I was doing this morning. I was listening to a great podcast by James Wedmore, who is one of my faves, and he is also in the business of Airbnb rentals, which is um, what I am creating with my new At Heydays uh, little retreat. So you could hop on Instagram and have a look at that. I've just done a reno for a, a holiday reno and it has been quite the challenge. So much fun though. I've actually moved into the property while my own house has been renovated. So it's been a big year of doing new things and renovations and moving and dust and mud <laughs> and all sorts of things. We've been living in this basically renovation state all year long. And I'm so glad that we are now in a finished house or nearly finished house and that it's going to be going up online very soon. So I was loving listening to James Wedmore and him talking about his Airbnbs and what he's doing in regard to that as a business. So anyway, that's a little bit about what I've been doing. Apart from that, I have been on a trip to Cairns, which has been fabulous. I actually went to Cairns with another lawyer friend of mine who also owns a law firm and we took our kids. It was school holidays and so we took the kids on holiday and it was like mum's gone wild. It was so much fun. We had the best time. So now I am back to work and back to the podcast. So today I have got the most fabulous guest on the podcast who I will introduce you to soon. So my guest today is Megan Noel Adams. Now, Megan is an incredible lawyer who has recently gone out on her own. And when I first met Megan through the Scalable Business Lounge, she was doing a bit of this and a bit of that. She was doing a little bit of general practice as well as her specialization which is helping American expats with their tax. Now, what I didn't realize is that if you are an American expat, it doesn't matter how long you haven't been in America for, you still have obligations to do your tax return every single year. And obviously, this causes a lot of problems for people, especially if they haven't done it for a long time. So she, Megan has found herself an incredible niche. And why she is an expert at this is because she's actually a lawyer from America. So she has a practicing certificate over there as well as a practicing certificate in Australia. And she has found this little niche. So the conversation with Megan is about 
niching down and how powerful it is and why you should think about doing it as well. Let's get stuck in and meet Megan and hear about her story of starting her firm and how she has found her magic powers in niching down. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast, Megan. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, great. It's so good to have you on the podcast. Um, I've been watching you and you are going great guns. So I'd love to talk about that. But first of all, let's hear a little bit about you. And then I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I, as you can hear, I'm not originally from Australia. Uh, I went to, I was born and raised in the United States and I went to my undergraduate and did my law school in the United States. Um, while I was in law school, I met my husband who is also an American, but who was living in South Australia at the time. And, uh, one thing led to another and we made the decision that I would come over here to be with him after I'd graduated from law school. So I did that, came over here, um, tried to be admitted in South Australia, just found that the the area that we were in wasn't really where we wanted to be long-term. So we ended up uh, in Port Macquarie, New South Wales. Love it. Yeah, which is an amazing spot. And I'm from the Northeast of the U.S. So um, winter here is like a cakewalk. <laughs> uh, we're just coming out of winter. It's the first week of spring and I've already got vegetables in the garden. So I'm happy. Uh, where you're from, does it snow? Yes. Right, it gets freezing. Um, when we got married, we got married back in the U S just for some context. And the weekend we got married, there was a polar vortex and with the wind chill, the temperature was down to about negative 30 Celsius. Wow. (laughs) I've been to Banff before at Christmas and it was like minus 30. So it's freezing. It was so cold. Yeah. So I'm loving life here. Um, and then I was admitted in New South Wales. I went through the college of, I went through the um, legal practitioners board to be admitted in New South Wales. And then I did my PLT and um, got my practicing certificate. So I am licensed in the uh, Maine in the United States, the federal district court for the circuit of Maine. Um, and then also in New South Wales. So you have got multiple like, skills across different jurisdictions which is amazing and there's probably not too many lawyers in Australia that that have that no no it's really funny I actually found another lawyer on a message board and um she has she has the same name as I do but she practices in like a completely different area it's just and it was just really nice to be like oh my gosh there's nobody else who understands us <laughs> yeah well we'll get to your practice area soon because um I love the practice that you have chosen. But before we get started, what makes you unstoppable, Megan? I, um, my parents growing up were very supportive of me and they were always very much like, yes, great, good job, but also take it further. Take it further. Are you actually doing your best or are you being our wise aleck child who is, just doing enough to phone it in to get the passing grade. 
<laughs> yeah. So they so they gave you that little bit of a push that you needed. Yes, and they let me sort of set the boundaries. Like they set me, let me set the boundaries. Like, okay, you know what? If you're gonna get just a pass in French, that's fine. That's you. The world will keep going if that's what you want to do, but you can do more. That's cool. And so, how have you brought that sort of attitude through to your life and business now? Um, there's a running joke that whenever I say I'm not going to do, I end up doing. Um, right. <laughs> when I went to law school, I was like, no, I won't be practicing international law. And then I kind of like put up this mental barrier to my, that I just had this compulsion to get over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to practice international law. I'll never visit Australia. Um, <laughs> so yeah, never say never. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just puts up a barrier and I'm like, okay, well, I'll be doing that next. Thank you very much. <laughs> so what brought you to um, starting your own firm? So you've got your own firm in Port Macquarie, which is for people listening in and because we have people listening in from all over the world, Port Macquarie is a smallish sort of beachside um, mm-hmm. town. I think there's about 70,000 people or yeah, 30,000. It's probably probably, about, probably a little bit over 70,000 70, now. people. Um, and so what sort of area of law do you practice now and what sort of helped you to start your own business or how did you get to that? Um, all right. So right now I'm practicing in U.S. tax law, which ironically was one of those things in law school. I was like, oh no, I'll, I won't worry about that. I'll never practice in tax law. <laughs> well, tax, tax is a definite thing that everyone has to deal with. So it's a great practice area. Yeah. And that's what everyone said. I was like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Um, once again, there's that whole never say never thing. Um, But so I was working for a few firms as an employee while I had my restricted certificate. And then um, I got my unrestricted practicing certificate. I finalized it on, it was the 29th of February, 2020 was the last day of my Right. Right as COVID's about to hit. Yes. Yeah. So I was in Sydney and, um, and I had my daughter with me because I was still on maternity leave. So I had this like little three month old baby in my class and COVID and we started seeing these headlines that COVID was coming and my parents are in the U S and they're like, this is not, people aren't really taking this seriously enough. And, um, you know, two weeks later, everything went to crap, um, which was, you know, if it had to happen, it happened at a really good time for me. Um, I was able to be home and not have to worry about doing anything. I could stay home and really focus on what I wanted to do um, more time with my daughter. But what that also meant was that I had probably a little bit too much time on my hands to overthink about how many different directions I could go in with. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh my gosh, quick, quick, quick slap up a sign, get the licensing, go, yeah. go, go, and kind of mess up. So you didn't have too much time thinking about it, but it sounds like, um, you know, for you to be just past your um, two-year sort of period of supervision and then to be already kind of really focusing on starting your own business, that must have been something that was a focus of yours as that time was coming. No, not at all. I wasn't. <laughs> if my husband gets my husband gets the full credit uh, for that, he was sitting here. He's like, you know, you have these international qualifications, and there have got to be people who want to use them. And I'm like, bah, 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 bah. he's like, just go out on your own. You could do it. 
you can do this. And That's awesome. Yeah, he was so supportive. You know, we had I, I get in my own way too much as well, and he does a lot of like you know, gentle verbal smacks upside the head, like you're in your own way. Get out of the way. <laughs> yes. And we all do that. So that brings you to um, the Scalable Business Lounge. So you you um, joined the Scalable Business Lounge through having um, like a one-on-one with me initially and we sat down together and I was learning about your your new business that you'd just started and you wanted some direction on how to scale it. And one of the things, so you were sort of offering a few things. You were offering some general practice. So some, you know, conveyancings and will wills and estate sort of matters. Um, and then you had this other side of you, which is um, tax law and specifically um, tax law for American resident, Americans living outside of America. Right. Um, and we looked at, uh, you weren't really sure what to do. You just wanted work to come in the door because you'd made this commitment to be in your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started to get into a really good conversation. So let's talk about that because I think so many people um, struggle with um, wanting to serve everyone they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And you've got lots of skills um, and lots of different areas of law. But so tell me about um, what you kind of thought after our meeting, what we talked about and um, how you've sort of been going since. All right. So at first it was terrifying because <laughs> um, what I, while I enjoyed doing tax law, I had a, a larger volume of clients who like family, friends, people I knew around town, people who were looking, people who hopped on Google to find a solicitor in the area to do their wills or you said, or their conveyancing or things like that. And things that weren't really my niche as well. So I, I also got really high strung whenever one of those people would call me up like, hey, can you help me do my will? Like, because you want to help people, right? And also when you're first starting your business, even if it's something you, you do or you don't want to be doing, you sort of want to take anything and everything on because it's yeah. all helping your business. And it's so hard. And with the news every day, it was recession, 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 just, you know, do whatever I can to keep the doors open, to keep, keep things going. Um, and then we had that conversation and I realized that even stretching myself into these areas that I didn't like that were stressing me out and that probably weren't making as much money as I might make on tax law matters, I still hit my goal for the year. Yeah. Um, I I set myself a very modest goal, sat down with my husband. I'm I'm somebody who, if I have a stretch goal, if I know I'm not going to meet it, it just turns me off. That demotivates you. Completely demotivates me. So we had a really reasonable goal. I hit that goal. And then you and I had that conversation about what would it look like to bring in enough tax clients to hit my goals. And even after that first conversation, when we sat down, we crunched some numbers and we realized that I only had to bring in, I think it was two and a half clients a month or 2.6 clients a month, which sounds really daunting. But then I realized I was already doing way more than that in an area that I didn't even love. 
And yeah, that's it. And so one of the things like from my own experience with um, not niching mm-hmm. is that before that my firm was a family law firm, we were a general sort of practice. So we so we did the same sort of thing, conveyancing, wills and estates and, you know, other things that came in the door, a little bit of family law, some leasing, you know, different, you sort of give everything a go if it came in the door to you. If someone's going to trust you enough to bring you some work, yep, I'll give it a go. But the problem that I always found was that the work was so unprofitable and so unenjoyable because you're constantly taking long way, you know, the long way around things and you're stressed about it because you don't always exactly know you know, because you're not doing it all the time and it just becomes slow and hard work and then you resent the file. And that's what I was sort of finding before we did just family law. Is that how you were finding? Yeah, absolutely. And like local, like small disputes. I I did litigation in a past life and loved it, but just, you know, it was... I don't have the manpower or the brain power or the bandwidth to do big litigation. So it was all these disputes that people really needed to have resolved, but just make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got to be happy with the work you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, so we had that conversation, you and I, and um, signed up for the scalable business lounge and kind of did a bit of a teardown of what I had. Um, and then I, and in the scalable business lounge, there was a unit about finding your ideal client. And I was targeting accountants, financial planners, that type of people, because I find that they give good referrals and they do. And I've had some fantastic referrals come through even in the past month. But you suggested, which was completely out of the box for me, joining some Facebook groups and trying to find the clients directly, which I hadn't considered, but and I was I was a little bit gun shy after having had some challenging clients that I didn't love doing work for, um, but took your advice and went for it. So, <laughs> so I think with that, that's really about once you identify who your ideal client is, which is what you did in the Scalable Business Lounge, and actually like who you actually really want to work for. Mm-hmm. because you might have your ideal client for you as an American who's living outside of America because every single American, is my understanding, living outside of America still has to file their tax. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people haven't done it or... They, yeah. They so see. even inside that group of people, you've got your potent, your ideal client, which might be someone, I don't know, you know, who has been living in Australia for a set amount of time or someone who has businesses over there and here or, you know, there's a lot of different variants Mm -hmm. inside that person. Um, And so you've been working out where are they actually hanging out? Where is your ideal client? Where are they? And so they might not be going to see a general accountant or they might not be going... um, you know, to a financial planner, they are in Facebook groups for expat um, Americans. Yeah, it, which is which is where I found a lot of them. And actually, what's been really funny to me is there are a few accountants I know who have worked, who have historically worked with American lawyers doing tax. So they do the American taxes for the Australian side of things, and then they refer things out to the lawyers. Um, I've actually had more people contact me to do American taxes 
and then ask for a referral to an Australian accountant, then I've had referrals from accountants in the past three months. That's interesting, isn't it? It's still funny. I'm like, hey, guys, I know I've like given you a bunch of work and it's tax time and I'm driving you insane, but I have three more clients for you. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And so you're now like really focusing on setting yourself up as a as an expert um, in American tax law. Yes. For people who live outside of America. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so one of the things that we talked about on the call, which um, I found really interesting. So you're, you've got these amazing skills. You're a lawyer in Australia and in America. And, um, and you, you said to me, oh, but why wouldn't, why wouldn't a client just rather go to like one of the big, big firms? Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of had this self-belief or, and limiting belief that someone would rather go to a big firm than come to you mm-hmm. um, at, because you're in Port Macquarie, you're in a small place, it's just little old me, which I think, you know, so many of us, we have these limiting beliefs. So how have you been overcoming that? Uh, frankly, being within the group and just being able to watch prospective clients talk about and uh, um, talk about what they're experiencing trying to get their taxes done. So I realized that both through the Facebook group and through interviews with clients directly, there are massive backlogs. A lot of places that do American taxes have their books closed and they'll take a couple of clients a year because they're just so backlogged. Um, the, The costs are prohibitive for most people to go to some of the bigger tax firms Um, and people just don't know that there are more affordable options out there. So what a lot of people have been doing is they've gone to go get a quote for one year of taxes and the costs are just mind boggling. And so they just kind of put it on the back burner and then they wait and they wait and they wait. And all of a sudden they have five years of back taxes that they haven't filed. And then it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And then what was already a big bill is just like blown out. And because because of my setup, because I'm in a small place, I work from home. Um, it's just me. I don't basically my overheads are my software subscriptions. Yes. Yeah. And my website subscriptions. So because my overheads are low, I can usually do let's say five years of back taxes, make a very good profit doing it and still come in less than what some of the other places were quoting them for a year or two years. That's amazing. It's so good. And see, so your ideal client as well. So this person that you're describing mm-hmm. as your ideal client in this very specific niche, they've been, they've been, had an experience where they've tried to go and get their tax done, but they have felt so overwhelmed by the cost of it that then they don't get it done at all and then they dig themselves a bigger hole. So that's your ideal client. And now you now have them on an ongoing basis for the rest of your business mm-hmm. because, yeah. because yeah. you have got them out of the hole for a reasonable cost mm-hmm. and on an ongoing basis, they're going to come to you every single year because they're no, now no longer overwhelmed mm-hmm. um, from the costs because, you know, and also these, your ideal client isn't necessarily a sophisticated business person. They're an American citizen living in Australia that's got a normal job. Is that right? That's right. Yes. I do have some businesses that I do work for, but I find that 
Um, frankly, their affairs are usually much more in order. <laughs> um, and it's, it's so intimidating. And the other thing that I think I can bring to the table that some of the bigger firms may struggle with is I'm pretty informal with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to work around their schedules. First of all, like a, um, first of all, my husband works from home as well. And we have a two-year-old who with some lung issues. So she's home with us right now because of COVID. And um, so I need some flexibility in my schedule. But one of the benefits of that is that I'm not asking my clients to knock off for an hour and a half in the middle of the day. I'm more than happy to take a call at six or seven at night. Yeah, that works for you as well, as well as them. Yeah, it works. It works really well for me as well as for them. And, you know, by the time it's six o'clock at night, it's like, look, I'm, I'm your lawyer. I will be professional, but let's just cut right to the chase here. Let's, um, so there's a lot less formality and I try to make things approachable for my clients. I can totally see how that would work and how that uh, appeals to your ideal client, which is the person that you're, you know, you're looking to attract. So initially when we first met and and before you joined the Scalable Business Lounge, we went through a whole lot of numbers, which I love doing because when we do the numbers, we can see what's possible. And then soon after, like within a month or two, you emailed and you said, oh my God, guess what? I've been getting what exactly what you said every single month so tell me about that and how that's been going for you uh it's been bonkers <laughs> um, um in the best way possible uh so I, when we crunched the numbers we said that um the average tax client was spending about fifteen hundred dollars plus gst with me and in order to get to the goals that i needed to get to with my overheads we figured i needed about two and a half to three clients a month to do that um, and to have that be sustainable for a long-term business project or a long-term business plan and seriously as soon as i got out of my own way and and just knuckled the limiting belief that you you know no one wants to come to you because you're not a top tier fan exactly and the other thing i had to do is i had to get out of my own way and i had to put myself out there which i hate doing i hate and i think a lot of lawyers feel exactly the same as you it's really really hard putting yourself out there and particularly like putting yourself out there as an expert yeah but you are yeah, which is it's so it's like no I'm me like I don't think you understand like but the my husband sent me to the grocery store for a soap pump and I went to Target and came back with a refillable one he's like no we're out of hand soap we've been out of hand soap for like like, like my brain just doesn't link up like I'm that person to myself um <laughs> and so I took your advice got out of my way introduced myself on a few boards and was bringing in three clients a week. Wow, that's amazing. So you've gone from like thinking you just need like three or four a month to keep you going mm-hmm. and you're bringing in more than 12 a month mm-hmm. um, to, and you are an expert at solving their problem. Yes. It's- and, and you're putting yourself out there as that, which is, it's, I think as lawyers, we kind of, we get in our own heads and, and, like you say, you get in your own way and we forget what we're actually here to do. And what we're here to do is we're here to solve someone's legal problem. Mm-hmm. And so your your role is fairly simple. 
they have a tax issue with the American government. They need to file their taxes and your job is to help them out with a legal solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so it's so much neater than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's quite simplified, isn't it? Yeah, because I'm not running around trying to do a conveyancing settlement and then go and then run off to court and then run home and write out memos of everything that happened that day. And it's it's much more tidy because I have I'm only in one and super profitable mm-hmm. for a someone who's working from home juggling a two-year-old full-time <laughs> it's yeah it's it's going really well like I think that if if things continue to go the way they are I think I'm at the point where I'm probably going to have to start getting a looking into getting a VA right now I can still just just manage the bookwork um but I think that's coming a lot faster than I anticipated it would that is so so awesome so what's your advice to anyone out there who's trying to be too many things to too many people? Take a step back. Look at where, really reflect on how you're spending your time and where you're spending your time. Assess if it's worth it, not just financially, but emotionally. A hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with you there. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, I can do conveyancing. And like I said, I, you know, I still do a little bit here and there for friends or, you know, a longstanding client I might, but I'm not, I hate conveyancing. I hate it with the fire of a thousand suns. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much power in saying no. And, and the other thing too, that I find with saying no is that it gives you, um, you have the value then of being able to, to refer work somewhere which then only brings work back to you. And it might not bring work back to you just by that direct referral, but it will in roundabout ways. Because if you're out referring all the time, people are going to start referring to you. Yes, you, it, like the name is out there. Um, I, sent out, I, I sent out a blind email like just right before the close of the tax year in Australia to all of the accountants who I had been trying to get out and see and get out and meet and just hadn't been able to. And I said, look, here's the deal. I'm a tax lawyer. I do American taxes. I know this is really niche, but I also know that all the accountants that I know see an American come across their desk and start hissing like, no, bad. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, happy to speak with you personally, explain my situation a little bit, happy to take referrals. Um, by the same token, I've had a lot of people who have contacted me asking for referrals. So could you please let me know if your books are open? And it was a really good way to start working through the the system and start working through the community. Yeah. So you're working on um, opening up um, referral traffic through intentional marketing out to accountants because you've got that um, niche product that you can offer. Mm -hmm. And you're solving their problems too, because if they've got an American client, you know, how do they source somebody? They hop on Google and they're sourcing someone they don't know, or they're going to the top tier firms where there's all those difficulties that say their client who's on a standard salary Mm -hmm. is going to struggle with. Yeah. You know, like people are making, and the thing is people are making, like, let's say somebody's making $80,000 in Australia, in Australian money, like 
if you're going to quote someone $5,000 to do their taxes every year, that's just... Well, it's a huge percentage of their salary. Yeah, it's an absolute bomb of money. Yeah. And, uh, and there's this... Um, and then like going back to being approachable is they people amp up the fear over taxes. And I'm not saying the IRS isn't serious. I'm not saying that it's something you can blow off. I'm not saying it's not a big deal. But people kind of... I feel like they almost prey on the anxiety of... Well, also, if people are so scared off uh, because of fees mm-hmm. uh, and then they get themselves in a hole, that fear is only worsened for them. Exactly. So so part of going to the accountants is if you if they have skittish clients, I can, they can be like, no, actually, I've met her. She, you know, she's actually a pretty approachable person and then that way also people like you said like people get on top of it and then they know they can come back and they're they feel comfortable coming back and asking questions and if I can't help I've got people that I can refer it out to like yeah exactly so with your law firm where to from here what's your next goal um, get everything done by October 15th <laughs> as I'm talking about 15th there uh, well, it's one of the filing deadlines in the U.S. Right. <laughs> so right now it's just like like a downhill spiral until October fifteenth, and then um, bring a probably bring a VA on board after Christmas, like after Christmas, after New Year's. Well, your VA is someone who can be in the groups for you. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And use the VA. Um, and a personal goal is to let go of some of the admin that I hold on to with. Yes such rigid clutches. <laughs> yes. Well, and uh, module four on the scalable business lounge, that's where I help you do all of that when yeah. you have time to do the work in, in that module. Um, and you'll see where we see where we go from there. Um, I, one of the things that I would really like to do long-term that I've been thinking about is bringing a tax professional, an Australian tax professional in house so that I have a direct, um, so that I have a direct, like not even a referral, just boom, keep all those fees in-house. and Yeah. So and, there's a lot of opportunity for you to expand beyond what you're, you're doing yes. right now. And, you, and I love that you've got the vision and you can actually see how all of that's possible. And I, you know, I think there are some, in the community that I'm in, there are a lot of really qualified people who have left Sydney in particular up here and are trying to start their own businesses or they're professionals and they're just trying to make ends meet so hopefully I can find somebody bring them on and give them a little bit more stability that's awesome and that's so great because that's one of the reasons that we all want to start our own law firms right because we want to um, do it our way and impact people positively, not just our clients, but also our team members as we grow and scale our businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's I mean that's that's probably a longer term goal, and just sitting down to do the costing out is a longer term goal right now. Um, usually, go to October fifteenth and knock off for a couple of weeks, and then start planning. So. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yes. So um, if anyone knows any Americans that need to um, to get their tax done and need a tax lawyer, how can people find you, Megan? Um, so I am online at meganoeladams.com. So it's M-E-G-A-N-N-O-E-L-L-E 
adams.com. Um, I can be emailed at hello at meganoeladams.com or I am on Facebook um, Messenger. I also I always add the caveat, please don't send me any confidential information on Facebook Messenger. I don't give any legal advice via Facebook Messenger, but if you need to reach out to try to get in touch with me, I do get alerts and then I can contact you and set up a time to speak. That's awesome. And Bree, my PA, will link all of your details in the show notes so that everyone can find you um, on my website as well. So if you're listening in and you um, have a referral for Megan, that is exactly where you need to send it. Well, it's been awesome talking to you and I absolutely love your story. And I'm really excited about seeing where it all goes because this is just a very exciting beginning for you. And it's already amazing. (laughs) It's crazy. Thank you. And thank you so much for the kick. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) That was what I needed. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast brought to you by the Scalable Business Lounge. If you would love to learn how to scale your law firm without burnout, then join my free workshop at caroliefontanelli.com. Until next time, you have got this.